Hello and welcome to another episode of the Semi and Lauren podcast, where it is a good day if we do not eat shit. Now, I am super excited about this podcast. Number one, I am not crying alone in my cupboard. (laughs) I'm still in my cupboard, but I'm not crying, so yay. (laughs) The second thing, I got a new microphone. The second thing is, is that I got a new microphone, which is so exciting. Hopefully it sounds a little bit better. It still sounds a little bit echoey, so I'm going to have to do some YouTubing on how to make it sound more solid and less gain. So I'm going to do that, hopefully before the next podcast. And number three is I'm so excited about the message I'm going to be talking about today. So winning at life. (laughs) On the weekend, we went away for a cheerleading competition. I've got a really funny story to tell you. I was running. Every day I went running, of course, and while I was down there running, I thought I'll start putting my runs up on Instagram. Maybe it'll motivate someone to run. I don't know why. Maybe I'll get attention from it. Who knows why we do these things, but I promise my intent is to hopefully motivate someone else. Like if she can do it, I can do it. So every day I posted my run and I asked this couple that were walking, I said, oh, can you guys, you guys listen to those words or would you guys? mind taking a photo of me well it was a couple a man and a woman she completely stormed off like stormed off like just so angry so angry and it it was just the most awkward moment ever so I said to him well it's okay he had my phone so I said you don't like you don't have to take the photo if you don't want to I don't think either of us knew what to do she was fully just lost her shit I was like, okay, well, this is awkward. And you feel the emotion. Like, I felt like I was going to start crying because it hurt my heart. Like, I was like, how how could someone hate me so much and she doesn't even know how fucking funny I am? (laughs) I don't know. So she was saying, he said, no, I'll take the photo. But the thing is, is that we take these things so personally. I don't know these people. Obviously, she's got a lot going on. Like, maybe she's super insecure. Maybe he's a... He's cheated on her. Like, I don't know. I don't know. But he's like, no, I'll take the photo. So it was so awkward. I did do a handstand nonetheless because I needed the photo to look good. What I should do is post the photo in my group chat because she was like storming off in the the middle of the photo so you can see her off to the side. Super weird. (laughs) But that's what happened. And I was like, oh, gosh. Like, it's not like our little town. City people are savage. <laughs> they, don't, they don't like things like that. Anyway, and then when I was running home, like, this is so humiliating, but I'm going to say it anyway. Someone threw a drink out of their window and hit me. Like, I was running along sort of the highway, like one of the main roads on the Gold Coast. Mate, it was a car with no matching doors, no number plate, P plate around, fully threw a drink out. And I just had this experience about 10 minutes earlier with this couple of this woman who just lost her shit for whatever reason. So I just, I obviously am a really emotional person. I always say I never cry, but but given my um, history, I'm really starting to question that because this drink just came flying out, hit me in the leg, and I was really embarrassed, so I pretended it didn't hurt, and then I just walked over into the bushes and cried because I was like, why Why do these people hate me? They don't even know me. (laughs) But just remember that every time... That someone, someone does something like that to you. Like, let me be an example. It's never you. It's them. 
just remember, happy people don't just lose their shit and walk off. Happy people don't throw drinks out of their cars at runners. <laughs> That's, what I, That's what I know. So you should be so grateful that if you're not someone who's going to throw your drink out of the car at a runner, that you've probably had a decent life and you've got empathy. So winning. <laughs> anyway, that was crazy. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> anyway, moving on. They're at the gym that I work at, we're running a challenge. And they put up a post this morning on how we screw up fat loss. Now, this is actually the message of my podcast. I got carried away in that last story. And they put up three ways. I'm going to focus on two ways. When I read them, I was like, wow, that's fantastic. I'm going to do a whole podcast on it. So the first one is, People over-rely on motivation. They over-rely on motivation. So, I've spoken about motivation before, and let me tell you, I am never, ever, ever motivated. I'm going to say 0.0001% of the time I'm motivated. When we were away on the Gold Coast, I ran every day. So, I did just under 15 kilometers and a HIIT workout, and I got it done straight up in the morning. So, I do this every day. Every day, without fail, I have active recoveries and for me to miss a day of training is probably once every three months and I am never motivated. But this is what I focus on and I have said this before in past podcasts but I'll say it again. I have been that person who hasn't consistently trained. I've always been reasonably consistent but there have been times where I've had rest days or yeah, basically I've been that person that's had rest days and the guilt of not exercising, and I see this all the time with women, the thoughts that play through their heads continuously about how they should lose weight, eat healthy, how much they hate their bodies, how miserable they're actually feeling from the sugar, like how much sugar they consume. Um, they're, I would even say, partially depressed even, just always thinking about how they should be eating healthy, should be exercising. It literally consumes them. And I have been there where it has consumed me. And that pain, that pain of hating how I look and just sitting in this like slump of a place, I can't even describe it. But I have been there and the pain of that is nowhere near as, uh, is so much more painful than actually doing the fucking workout. That's what I know. So though that is one thing that I focus on is how painful the thoughts and the emotions and the guilt and the depression that comes with not exercising, how painful that is compared to actually just getting up. For me, I get up at 4am and just doing the fucking workout. That is so much more painful. So that's the first place that my mind goes in terms of focus. The second place that it goes is how I'm going to feel when the workout is done. I never rely on motivation. It's just where my focus is. I'm going to feel good when that workout is done. I'm going to feel good when the workout is done and that's what I focus on. Because during the workout, me and Callie run in the heat of the day. It's fucking hot. We enjoy the heat. Well, I don't know if Callie does. <laughs> She's black so she absorbs a lot of the sun so I don't know. She can't tell me because <laughs> she's a dog, but it's hot. There's lactic acid 
in your muscles. Like you, it's not an enjoyable experience. I don't think I've ever been in the middle of a hard workout and thought, wow, this is great. I love the way that everything is burning and I feel so exhausted and I can't breathe and all this lactic acid and I feel like I'm going to die. Wow, how exciting. I never think that. I'm just focusing on the end result on how I'm going to feel when it's done. Don't ever rely on motivation because it rarely comes. 0.001% of the time will you be motivated. You just have to do it. Check where your focus is. The second thing that was posted was people underestimate the obstacles. An underestimation of obstacles. Say it with me. An underestimation of obstacles. People get so motivated, and I've seen it so many times. They're super excited. Just remember, motivation doesn't last. They're super excited. Yeah, I'm going to sign up for boot camp. I'm going to fit into that size six dress. I'm going to exercise every day. Unicorns are going to shit rainbows, and everybody is going to be happy. You know that big fat caterpillar, you know, on a bug's life? And he's like, one day I will be a beautiful butterfly. <laughs> That's what it's like. But just remember, your life is still the same. Everything is still there. Everything is still there. For example, your kids are still there. Your husband's still there. Your work is still there. Exercise is painful. All of those wonderful excuses that your brain made to get you out of exercising are still very much present. They're still there. So you need to overcome them. I was thinking about this one. A lot of us eat so much junk food. For me, on the weekend while we're on the Gold Coast, I was very, very stressed and I ate a lot of junk food. So I'm obviously a stress eater. <laughs> but when we are overeating, it's our body's way of trying to get our attention to say something's not okay. Your body is trying to push down an emotion so you don't have to feel the pain of it. And I have spoken about this before. Can't tell you if it's true or not. Googled it. Google says it's true, so I'm going to go with it. That your stomach has the same amount of neurons as a cat's brain. Same amount of neurons as a cat's brain. So it feels emotion in your stomach. But think about it. When you're stressed or when you're anxious, just think about where you feel it. A lot of the time it's in your stomach. So to push those emotions down, why not some wonderful addictive carbohydrates, which is a derivative of sugar? Like, your body is smart. It's trying to stop you from feeling pain. It's trying to give you all those excuses from exercising. And before you even feel an emotion, it's taking you to the fridge to get some food to push it down. Don't beat up on yourself for eating so much. In fact, have a look at why you're doing it. For me on the weekend, I was overeating Krispy Kreme. So I'm surprised I don't look like a Krispy Kreme. I was overeating Krispy Kreme, so I was so stressed about the weekend because there was so much that I personally, as a coach, could have done better, and that hurts my ego because we all want to go out and be the best at everything, but we're just not, and in those moments when we realized that, I'm not saying that we're a failure, but the way that we're approaching things could be so much better, that we need to make changes, that is painful, so my body was like, let's get some Krispy Kremes. And ignore it. But at the end of the day, it's still there. I love acknowledging these things. I did have a little cry. Not when someone threw a drink out the window at me. 
<laughs> but I did cry because I feel like a little bit of a failure, like I could have been so much better as a coach. But instead I've come home, I've seen uh, where I can be so much better, I've calmed down with the Krispy Kremes and I'm going to have to make the changes. But have a look at what's the obstacles that are in your life that need to be removed. So your consumption of food is sometimes a wonderful um, attention grabber for you to make the changes in your life that you need. So that's exciting. <laughs> but yeah, the second one was is that we underestimate the obstacles. And on a lighter note in that area, just remember, there's always going to be weddings. There's always going to be birthdays. There's always going to be friends gatherings. None of these things go away just because you decide to start an eight-week boot camp. So don't give in to them, I guess. <laughs> just keep pushing forward. I still do all of these things in my life, but I always try and keep my eating and my exercise on point. And if I do overeat like I did on the weekend, I take a damn good look as to why. Because when I was driving home yesterday, I literally just consumed four Krispy Kremes. There was just no need for it. They were good, but. So <laughs> moving on. Those two things aside, I was super excited to talk about them, but moving on, don't be a victim. Don't be a victim. A lot of the time when I'm seeing people trying to lose weight, they blame everything. They blame everything. The greatest thing that I ever hear is I have an injury. Everyone has an injury. Everyone has an injury. I know that. And the, and the main injuries that people have are usually a shoulder, a knee, or a lower back. So you're not even special with your injury. They'll blame an injury. They'll blame work. They'll blame kids. We all have the same excuses as to why we can't exercise or why we can't eat healthy. And I love the one where everyone's like, oh, my whole day just went to shit, so I just ate six cakes and I'll start next Monday. Okay. No matter what goes wrong in your life, that if you don't eat healthy and if you don't exercise, you're the only one that's getting hurt. Nothing else around you is being affected, just you. You're getting fatter and blaming other people, but you're biting your nose to spite your face. So don't be a victim. Now, I had this thought when I was writing, when I wrote down that we have these obstacles that come up and we blame other things, but really it's just so we can eat shit food and feel sorry for ourselves and it's other people's fault. But you're biting your nose to spite your face. Be very aware of that. I am so grateful that when I was younger, I have, or still have, she's not dead, a sister who is an absolute savage. She is like a dog. She reminds me a lot of Lauren. She is just a bitch. But one thing she never let me do right from when I was a kid was blame anyone else for my life. And sometimes I remember being like five or six when I'd be like, oh my God, like poor me. And she'd be like, wow, like... Poor Sam, that's what she would call me, and really take the piss out of me. And I admired her so much because she was my older sister, but looking back now, I just think, thank God, because I've been able to own so much of my behavior. On the weekend, I could have blamed anyone and everyone for everything, but you just can't. You just can't do that. You're going to have massive changes if you just own it, and you do what you can do better, and that's exciting. So... As I've grown into an adult, oh, wait, I'll just give you examples. of that. She was so savage as a kid. She's a real level-headed kind of person. She would never play the victim in a million years. 
she's just a crazy hard worker. She's just such good value. This is my sister. I'm so grateful that I had her because older siblings don't give a fuck about your feelings. They don't care. They're not here to sugarcoat anything for you. They're dogs. So my sister never let me play the victim. You know, when I was around 26, yes, 26, can you believe it? I went through this phase on Facebook. Facebook was new at the time and I would put up these like victim statuses, like poor me, like I'm so sick, my whole life, blah, 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 anything and everything. I'd put it up there on Facebook. My sister, and I've said this in podcasts before, would either ring me or comment on it to say, get this shit the fuck down. And I'd be like, you shut your stupid bum bum face. (laughs) She just had no tolerance. And when you admire someone so much, I'd be like, you're just a big stupid head. Like, fuck you, because I wanted attention from being a victim. But I'm so grateful to have that person in my life that did that to me. So when it comes to overcoming, like, to seeing obstacles and overcoming them, do not fall into a victim mode. She doesn't let me sit in a story. And as a result, as an adult now, I don't let myself sit in these stories. I said to her once, well, not once. I used to whinge a bitch, right, about my ex-husband, who I love very much, like he's a great man, but at that time, I would whinge and bitch and go on and on about my relationship, and we all know these people who bang on and on and on about how shit their husbands are, and it's a lot, like it's a lot to listen to, and my sister said to me one day, if you fucking keep going on about your ex-husband and you don't do anything about it, like she was just like, don't ever, like talk ill of your husband again unless you're going to do something about it because no one fucking cares so I remember her saying that to me was sitting on a couch and I had that same feeling like you're a stupid face (laughs) I just want attention and you're taking it away from me (laughs) anyway I ended up getting divorced so that's where that went But be grateful for those people who do not let you sit in a victim mode because they're the greatest asset you'll ever have. Even though that sick feeling that they give you because you want to sit in that space. Like have, what do they call that? Effective blame. So you hate them, but it's effective what they're doing. So you need to thank them. Like how my parents, they didn't spend too much time with us as kids because they worked so hard. And I guess I could be like this angry child like my parents didn't spend time with me and they worked all the time but I am so grateful for the work ethic that I was brought up with because like it's gotten me places and I'm so grateful for that I don't mind hard work I don't you know I think I owe them a lot for my for how I'm able to exercise every day without fail because this it was like conditioned learning and I'm so grateful for that so effective blame so I always say so. I need to cut that out. This podcast is a little bit all over the shop. I wrote down all these notes, but it's kind of not flowing really well. But I do these podcasts anyway, because each time I feel like I get a little bit better. And if I don't put myself out there, and if I don't start recording, and if I don't do them consistently every week, how am I going to get better? So think about that with your exercise. If you're working out every day and it's not the best and you're not at the point that you want to be, how are you ever going to get there unless you start now, like if you start in these moments? So, so, oh my gosh, calm down. Why do I do that? I should really work on that for my next podcast. I'm going to end this podcast with something that I was so excited about when I heard it. I was listening to another podcast because I love podcasts. 
I was listening to another podcast. Ooh, I've got something more exciting. <laughs> I just thought of something. After those people really hurt my heart and that man took the photo of me and the whole situation was just weird and that woman was storming off. <laughs> I, the next day, I thought, no, I'm going to ask another couple to take a photo of me because I'm not going to let those people, I needed photos taken of me on my run. I wasn't going to let those people stop me from living my best life. <laughs> I, I needed photos for Instagram. So I asked this girl, who surprisingly was wearing the exact same shoes as me. She had a World Gym sports bra on and the exact same set of rockwear pants that I wear. So I asked her and her partner to take a photo of me. And I, and to be honest, I was so nervous because the last couple completely like, got like oh, I was so upset over that. <laughs> I was so upset. And I was really nervous to ask them. Then I had Joe Rogan playing on my phone. And I was listening to it and they said to me, oh my God, you're listening to Joe Rogan. We love him so much. And they were just beautiful. These, She was probably one of the most stunning friggin' women I've ever seen in my life. But she, they were so lovely. So it restored my faith back in people. And she took a really good photo of me. And her husband was like fully standing next to her, like applauding her. Like, that's an amazing photo. You're amazing. Everyone's amazing. So there are good people in the world <laughs> and she had these crazy neck tattoos that like went all the way up to her chin and she was stunning like if I've never seen anyone pull off tattoos like that she was just beautiful and she's like have a good oh excuse me have a great day and I was like oh <laughs> thanks for not punching me <laughs> anyway moving on I was listening to a podcast by a psychologist called I can't really say her name Amishi Ja, J-H-A, and she spoke about how dopamine can work in the brain. And I'm going to share this with you because I was so excited to hear this because there's only so much thought patterns and willpower that we can have and then there's just plain outright science. But it helps if we're aware of what's happening so we can become conscious rather than on autopilot all the time. So when you're young, you'll get conditioned learning or learnt behaviour from somewhere. So for example, I'll give you an example. Have you ever uh, gotten sick on a certain food and you can never eat it again? It's because you relate it to a bad experience. So that's what I mean. When you, when you grow up with your parents um, or wherever you get the learnt behaviour from, sometimes there's certain things that you'll relate to. To, um, to a negative experience. And what happens in the brain is you'll have a dopamine drop. Another example is we had these friends as kids, really lovely people, and they were the biggest homophobics I've ever met in my life, the parents and the kids. And they were like really good people, but for some reason they just hated gay people. Like it was intense. It was so intense. And Looking back, like this is obviously conditioned learning. Like for those kids to get love from their parents, they hated on gay people. Does this make sense? So they would get a, when it came to the topic of gay people, they would have a dopamine drop. It would make them feel not good because if they were to like gay people, they would lose love from their parents. So to bring the dopamine level back up, they hated on gay people. So this is how they're, or like your brain, you'll think of certain things in your life 
where your brain has worked out a way to get the dopamine level back up. Like, for example, oh, well, I'll get to that example of my own upbringing in a minute. Anyway, everyone has a dopamine drop around their appearance. Not everyone has a dopamine drop around it, but a lot of people do. Because we live in a society where it's just in your face all the time that you need to look a certain way and that fat is bad and, you know, there's all these... um like what would you call it, like external factors in regards to weight loss, but there's also a lot of internal factors. So we know that it's not good. Like I have been in the industry for a long time and a lot of people that have a lot of weight on them aren't happy, not based on how they look, but usually there's something going on in their life and they're binge eating or they're not putting themselves as a priority. They don't value themselves. They don't think that their happiness is worth as much as anyone else, uh, worth the same as anyone else's. They don't put themselves first. They don't value their health because they don't think that they're worthy. So there's a few things internally or also like physically internally, like your visceral fat and things like that, that aren't good about it. And it's really in our faces at the moment. So when you think about how you look, a lot of people have a dopamine drop where they don't feel good and that dopamine in the brain drops. And the brain will start to do things to get it back up because that's its job. It wants to feel good. So it might send you to the fridge to get some sugar. It might get you to tell yourself a story like I have a bad knee and that's why I can't train. And your brain might buy those apples. Like maybe as a child you saw your mum get her dopamine levels back up in a certain way. Maybe she yo-yo dieted or maybe... She was able to get her dopamine levels back up because she was going to Weight Watchers once a week. Like she mightn't have been doing anything and she mightn't feel so good about how she looks. But the fact that she's going to Weight Watchers each week, yeah, that's enough to get that dopamine back up and that's where she'll sit. For myself personally, this is, you know, I was saying earlier, my parents are crazy workers. Like my dad is just next level. Like I don't actually think he really knows how to deal with anything else in his life except for if something goes wrong that how can we all work hard to make it better like physically hard so I've watched all of my family when they have a dopamine drop around appearance or fitness or anything like that is that they they exercise like beasts they that's how they get their dopamine level back up my dad would never buy the apples of me blaming anyone else to get my dopamine levels back up He would, you know, so to receive his love as a child, I worked hard. As an adult, I still work hard because you connect these actions with love and this is how you get your dopamine levels back up. And the reason I tell you this is because you start to become aware, wow, my dopamine levels might drop around my appearance and I know that I should do better, but you catch your thoughts like, well, your brain might tell you a story like that's okay, you'll start Monday. And that's enough to get it back up so you feel good. Then Monday comes around, you don't do it, you get sad again, the dopamine drops, but then you're like, oh, that's all right, I'll start next Monday. Picks back up. So you'll start to catch these um, actions that you take to get a chemical balance in your brain. And and that's that's clever. Like I I was thinking, huh, well, number one, I'm super grateful that my dad's (laughs) imprinted this work ethic on me yay winning at life but I wonder too if I'm always chasing the carrot because even when I do exercise 
I watch my parents, they never stop working. They're never the kind of people to even be praised for their work. They just feel like if you're praised for your work, then you need to work harder. To, I don't know why. <laughs> they're next level. So for me to get my dopamine levels up around exercises that I physically need to go out and 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 work at it. And that's how I get the levels back up. So if you're getting your dopamine levels back up by telling yourself a story, like I'll start Monday or, you know, I've had a bad day today and so I'm entitled to eat this food, whatever, and you catch those thoughts. Number one, if you catch the thoughts, you're one step ahead. But to stop the current way that you're getting your dopamine levels up if it's not working for you is to get uncomfortable. So on the weekend, I went into F45 that gym and when you go in there it's actually a cult well not a cult but a cult you know what I mean like it's a it's like CrossFit like so all these people get together and they kind of feed off each other they fit they have the same values like they're all in there they're all working hard the class started at quarter to five in the morning and they're in there like beasts and they're hanging around each other and they're feeding off each other so how do you change how you're getting your dopamine levels up is you get uncomfortable. If you take a look at the people that you hang around, there's a really good chance that they're actually built like you. I've got this story, and that's because they have the same values as you. Tony Robbins, I was listening to him, and he went on that show, The View, you know, with um, Whoopi Goldberg and all those ladies on there, and they said, we want to lose weight. And he said, that's great. They said, we want to do it as a group. Like we're going to all work together. We're all going to support each other. And he said, that's great, but you will fail. And they were like, what? Like, how dare you tell us you're going to fail? He said, no, no, no. I can tell by looking at all of you that you have the same values. So one of you is going to say, look, I know that we're on a diet, but we'll just eat these Krispy Kremes today and we'll start tomorrow. And then the rest of you will be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do that. We'll do that. We'll start tomorrow. So he said, you got to get out and you got to get uncomfortable. you got to hang around the people that you want to be like. My mom used to always say that to me as a kid. She would always say, hang around people that are better than you. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, no one's better than you, but you know what I mean. You know what I mean? Hang around the people that you want to be like because you get uncomfortable. And when your brain has that dopamine drop, then when you try and pick it back up, let's just say you went into F45 and you decided you were going to make all these excuses as to why you were just going to just stand there and not do the workout you're in amongst people who aren't going to accept that and you won't your brain won't be able to get those dopamine levels back up because it doesn't feel good it doesn't feel good like you're uncomfortable so get uncomfortable get uncomfortable jesus why am i burping <laughs> same with crossfit like that's that's like a it's a whole thing on its own but people are feeding off each other they're bettering themselves and as you start to get results from being uncomfortable, you'll start to get addicted to it. Like you might get addicted to F45 or CrossFit or hanging with these people who don't make excuses because you're going to start to get results that you've been chasing for God knows how long. Or the last thing that I wrote, to change how you get your dopamine levels back up, ring my sister. <laughs> she is savage. Holy, I don't know if she'd be that mean to a stranger, but just her sister, eh? <laughs> anyway, hopefully something that I rambled on about today helps your fitness journey. Just remember, give yourself full kudos. Be your greatest cheerleader. You have got this. 
even if you just do one thing today, it's better than no thing. So well done you. But hopefully something that I tell you on one of these podcasts one day might just go, oh my gosh, like that. I felt like that was a real like brain cookie where you could just go, that's my dopamine dropping. And now my brain's trying to bring it back up to level. Is that how I want it to come to level? No, ring Sammy's sister. (laughs) Anyway, have a wonderful week. Bye.